The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked in to the latest episode of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to rotofanatic.com at your pleasure. And read the latest GPS report. Every Thursday, Paul Mamino comes out with a brand new GPS report focusing on pitch location, WOBA, and one pitcher to rule them all. This week's pitcher is Kyle Hendricks of the Chicago Cubs. Is it going to be a rocky road all season long? Or is it smooth sailing from here on out? Read Paul Mamino's GPS report at rotafanatic.com today. It's episode 96, the Tommy Hunter edition. We're going international for today's show, yet we're staying within the Rotofanatic family. Please welcome a very special guest all the way from Ireland, but originally from Michigan. The one and only Phil Goyette is going to talk prospects today on the Palazzo Podcast. You can stay up to date on prospects anytime you want with Phil Goyette's Climbing the Rookie Ladder, which is on rotofanatic.com. Both pitchers and hitters are broken down and organized into a list so you can know what to expect from the future kings of this game we call baseball. So join Phil and your host, Michael Govier, as they talk about better-made potato chips, Fago Pop, and the ruins of the Rust Belt that litter our great country. It's going to be a doozy of an episode, and you know that when shit hits the fan, the Plaza Podcast grabs a mop. Take it away, boys! All right, we are live. It is 6.07 Eastern Time on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, also known as the Palazzo Pod. I am Michael Gobier at MJ Gobier. G-O-B is in Victor, I-E-R, on Twitter, and... Chris Deary's off tonight. Uh, we had to record a little bit earlier for our very special guest tonight. So Deary was still working, and it's just going to be me and this guy. He is a genius of prospects. He's the, he's the latest in a long line of prospect gurus. He works with us at rotofanatic.com. He's got his own stuff on rotofanatic.com, which you can read and check out, called Climbing the Rookie Ladder, Pitchers and Hitters. It's really great stuff. And Phil Goyette is live from Ireland. Phil, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you. Thanks, man. What's up, Michael? How you doing? It's Phil Goyette, not Goyer, and Michael Govier, not Govier, right? <laughs> that is right. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> we were just uh, reminiscing 
actually. It turns out that uh, me and Phil grew up in the same area of Michigan, going to high school and all that. So we were talking about Flint and old shows and going down to Detroit and Pontiac and seeing concerts. And that was great stuff. That's, that's really cool, man. Because you, you did you allude the to legit, a Prius. You knew the legit anecdote about the original Flint local and the floor collapsing. I did, yes. I absolutely did, man. I, I can still see... The band that we saw the most of there, Square One. The Square One shirts were yellow, and everybody had those. I can see it right now, clear as day. A bunch of my friends bought those, and they ended up playing shows there. It was a great time, man. We had some great memories of Flint, and we were just young, bozo teenagers. So even if there was like a a risk of going down there, I didn't really think about it like that back then. So, But it probably is safer in downtown Flint now, like you were saying, than it was 20-plus years ago. I would say so. Oh, we got another fellow Michigander, Jasper. Jasper just saw it following the show. Jasper Springer. Hello. Good to see you, buddy. Welcome back. It's great to have you here. I think, uh, What's Jasper, up, Jasper, where the hell are Yeah, where the hell are you? You're in uh, something starts with a G. Gonish? Gonesh? I didn't know. Where, I didn't even know where that was, Jasper. Uh, let us know. It's great to have all these Michiganders coming about. I met another guy from Detroit a couple weeks ago uh, in the biz. So you just never know. There's a lot of great Michiganders doing good work. And I think that's cool because... You know, Phil, you're in Ireland now, and you've been there yes. for a few years. Do you ever want to come back to Michigan and live here, or did you feel like good riddance? I was kind of done when I moved out, I think. Um, a lot of my family has moved away, too. So it was just kind of wasn't a lot in Flint to keep you sticking around for the most part. Um, so not, not anything I ever think about doing. It's beautiful. I My wife's from Petoskey. Ah, so man. I mean that's northern Michigan, obviously great place. Northern Lower Peninsula. Yeah, northern lower. Uh, <laughs> the map behind me, if you can see, I'm pointing the wrong way. That's Lake Superior behind me. That's where my grandpa was from, oh, Batchewana yeah. Bay. So that's northern northern. That's where we used to vacation in Canada. Uh, so lots nice. of just beautiful parts of Michigan. Grand Rapids is awesome now too, right? Oh well, it's uh, completely been reformed. You know, the DeVosses have made it into a spectacular place to live now. So, uh, but you know, Grand Rapids has some cool spots, cool art communities mixed in. So yes, it's one of the faster growing, like mid little cities in the country. I do believe that to be accurate. And Jesper says he's from Goshen, Indiana. So he's really close to Michigan. That's technically Indiana, but he's a Midwestern nonetheless. So Jasper, good to see you. Welcome to the show. We got Phil with us. We're going to talk prospects because that's what you do. You guys can't get enough prospect talk. Anyways, you're obsessed with it. It'll never not be interesting. You just, you put prospects out there, Phil, and people just go apeshit. They just love it. They can't help themselves. Yeah. And God makes new ones every year, which is right. Great. It's an eternal supply <laughs> of endless prospects, which is a, uh, a lot of fun. But here we go. I got something for you. This this will take you back. How about this one? Uh, right here. This is a classic. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. <laughs> a little bit of Ernie for you. Yeah, Mr. Harwell. He Chet really was Lemon. Great, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, I went to the last game at Tiger Stadium uh, in 99. That was That's really awesome. cool. That was that was a highlight for me. I was glad. What, that, what an incredible, like, obviously, Comerica's great, but the old Tiger Stadium was just weird angles. And, yeah. you know, you got to, you're parking in some crazy ass parking lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, what an experience. Your dad taking you down there when you were a kid. It was. And I know people would bitch about sight lines. Oh, this is dated and all that. But 
certainly had a hell of a lot of character, and I, I find that to be interesting. I like historical. It connects me to the old ways of baseball. Not now. Not all the old ways of baseball were done right. You know, plenty of racism in baseball's past, unfortunately. <laughs> but some of the game itself being played, pitcher, hitter, home runs, walks, strikeouts, all that stuff. It's gone on for a hundred years or so. And Detroit State, you know, Tiger Stadium did that quite well. Comerica's cool, but it doesn't have that same panache. It would never will. Right. Yeah. Waiting for Cecil Fielder to hit one on the roof. That was like the yes. highlight. Yeah. I went and saw him on uh, my 10th birthday, 1990. The year he hit 51. That was a great. He hit a home run that day. It was a great day. August 22nd, 1990. I bet if I baseball reference it, I could find out if that's true or else I'm making it up. Uh, anybody else, feel free to call me out on my bullshit if that's not true. But we are live here. We're talking with Phil today. We're going to talk about prospects. Uh, we also are going to talk about what you get. Three-year growth, six-year growth. Phil's done some interesting work about... The return on investment at a certain point in a player's career. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm very interested in that. I think that's very cool. And let's give you guys some players that could be impact players still this year, prospect-wise, in a redraft league, and dynasty prospects beyond the top 100. I know somebody mentioned in our YouTube comments the other day, they wanted to know, hey, who are some prospects beyond like the top 100 guys that actually could be useful somewhat sooner than later? Uh, you know, it's not like we're locking it down but there are so many prospects i mean was yeah. reese remember reese hoskins i don't think he was a top hundred until he got maybe to that certain point where he crept into the top hundred but he certainly didn't have the pedigree of an elite prospect yeah i've got uh if i can pull it up <clears throat> i've got all the signing bonus info which is part of what i looked at when i was doing the historical stuff and you'd be just amazed how many of these guys were signed for just nothing Ten thousand, ten thousand bucks international signing and they're just great fantasy players 10 years later. It's wild. Wow, that is interesting. Oh, okay, we're going to dive more into that shortly for sure. Uh, we want to say thank you to everybody who's been participating with the show. We always bring out the Belvedere music for the housekeeping. Do you know Mr. Belvedere? Sure, yeah. Bro or some, some like to call him Brock Toon. <laughs> I haven't heard of that in a while. Streets on the China. Never matter. That, that was, uh, what the hell did that mean? It's a old SNL sketch, the Mr. Belvedere fan club. Oh, and they have shit. To use a code, they have to use a code word and, and call him Brock Toon. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. That is a deep cut. Yeah. Well done, Phil. That's fantastic. That's a uh, great uh, sketch, man. Oh, Jasper says that'd be me. Jasper's the one who asked for the prospects outside Top 100. Well, great. Well, Jasper, you're here, and we he's give not, you what you want. He's not Brock Toon. No, he is not Brock Toon, as far as we know. But uh, if he gives us the magic word, he'll give you whatever you desire. Flirtily style. <laughs> so this is part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Phil works at Roto Fanatic with us, uh, and I do a podcast, which is part of the network, and he writes the articles, which I mentioned already, the Climbing the Rookie Ladders. And we want to thank everybody who's been checking out our stuff on rotofanatic.com. Every weekend, we got closing remarks from Mike Carter. Fantastic stuff. Bullpens covered from A to Z across all 30 teams. And then we got Dave Funnel's Infirmary Report. And with all the injuries going on, it's a great piece to give you insight on who's coming back soon, who's not, who's just going on the IL. It's a constant, constant revolving door. So make sure you read that stuff. And, of course, Schedule Factors from Crosby Spencer. Really good stuff to help you for the coming week. And I want to say thank you to Sam Hanley. New followers, Patrick Robinson, WC and me. I don't even know what the hell that is. I tried to look into it. It looks like it's a... 
a store or some type of clothing front. But either way, welcome. Glad to have you as a new Twitter follower. And Jeff at SoCal Hardball. Welcome, Jeff. Scott Bogman, I was on the In This League podcast this week. Please check that episode out with Bogman and Is It the Welsh. You ever listen to the In This League show? Man, I think I have at some point. I'm a little behind on my podcast, not going to lie. I wasn't, yeah, having the school, know, I wasn't having the school run, so I didn't have the time in the car to put the podcast on like I used to used to have last year. That car time, it's really important listening time, isn't it? Yeah. It's me time, really. <laughs> well, good. I, I want you to have quality time, Phil. I really do. It means a lot to me. And I'm serious when I say that. I will tell you this, though. Bogman and the Welsh, if you've never listened to In This League, please start listening to them. They do such a great job. They're an independent podcast, and they make everything happen on their own. It's funny. It's interesting. And there's really nothing they don't do. So I really want to recommend that. We had a great time talking about Scott. Uh, John Means, the day he threw the no-hitter, we did some comparisons about John Means, and we talked Kyle Tucker, Trent Grisham. We talked all kinds of stuff. So... Please go check out that show. That was like a big moment for me. I was really grateful for the opportunity. So thank you, guys. And thank you to our new YouTube subs, Sam Hanley, Jasper Springer, of course, and Travis Salvo. The YouTube channel slowly growing. Don't forget, it's Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. On Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, anywhere. We're just Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, 24-7. Uh, Phil, tell us one thing about you that has nothing to do with baseball. Uh, I'm a big fan of playing historical uh, war board games. <laughs> oh, like Axis and Allies? Yeah, but like on crack, essentially. Ooh. Okay, so uh, give me an example. Uh, there's so many to select from. Uh, we played uh, with a group here in, in Dublin a couple years back, uh, one called Here I Stand which is about the wars of the reformation a card driven game and we played all day like a 10 hour uh <laughs> game fest that I had just a gigantic migraine by the time i went home wow, i've never heard of that at all yeah i was, I was big access now as i got it. you were the lutherans yeah. <laughs> i <laughs> i have never played that game i used to play access and allies like crazy when i was even in my 20s, that's hell, a, we even played a couple times in my 30s. I won't deny that. That's a great one. They've taken it. Basically, they've taken Axis and Allies and taken it all up a notch. Yeah, I figured they have. I'm kind of outdated on like uh strat. You know, I love RPGs or, or like real-time streaming simulation strategy games. Those are always fun. So oh, TT. Do you play out of the yeah, park? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. For, you can just get lost. the first time that. I played was last year. I had never played it before. I like those. I like the old like stratomatic, like where you actually roll the dice on the table too. People are still doing that. I, I saw I think it was Jeff Erickson from Rotowire posted the other day talking about all the fantasy teams he had when I posted that thread about daily leagues versus weekly leagues, and he mentioned yeah. Stratomatic was one of his teams that takes up all of his time. <laughs> and that guy's like busy as hell. He's like a big time legitimate fantasy analyst. He's on the radio, <laughs> he's on Rotowire, he's still playing Stratomatic. So. You're busy as hell. What you doing rolling dice? Jeff, <laughs> it's amazing. Good for him, though. I respect yeah. the grind. I do. We all respect the grind. And Phil works as hard as anybody. Uh, Phil, what can people expect from your uh, pieces on Road to Fanatic? Uh, each week I update the ladder. So one week it'll be pitchers. One week it'll be hitters. I try to uh, give a news update on every rookie that's on the ladder. 
to begin with and then also do a breakdown of any guys that have been recently called up uh, to give sort of an outlook of what to expect for them for the rest of the season. My goal with the latter is try to get it to a point where I'm accurately projecting which rookies are going to be relevant for fantasy for redraft leagues. Not there yet. <laughs> Work in progress. One, how does one accomplish that? Is it a secret? Is that like your recipe? No, I, just think, I just think you keep working at it, honestly. Look at stuff every week and try and improve. Uh, for those of you watching the live stream, here it is. This is rotofanatic.com and his rookie ladder. So you just. Great. Just awesome graphic, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Some look at little... this. You got Will. Shout out to our guy, Will. I love Will. Will has worked for us for well over a year now. Shout out. And Will Mims does top-notch work. If you need graphic design work, it speaks for itself, right? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Absolutely. But, yeah, so here it is. It's all organized, and you can click by team, by position, uh, and you can show as many entries as you want, 100 entries to 10. And you also have, like you said, all this information, news and notes. Randy Rosarina, for example, is right here. Cabrian Hayes, Dylan Carlson, Nick Madrigal. We even got gifts. We got video. See, look at that. Pretty cool. Yep. Just a Whee! little poke. Just a little poke from Madrigal there. Look Nick at how Madrigal. shallow the outfield was playing him on that. <laughs> Did you see that? That whole series they played him so shallow. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Left fielder was like depth. middle middle in. <laughs> yeah. I don't I actually okay, well there it is. So if you want to check it out, please check out Phil's work. He puts in the time and effort, and uh I think it's been a positive for rotofanatic.com. I'm very excited about it. Nick Madrigal, I was kind of hyped on him last year, but I kind of got off of him by the end of the season after he got hurt in Milwaukee when he was sliding into yeah. third. Uh, Stupidly. Reason, it was Stupidly stupid. injured himself. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And then I thought, what is the real value here? This guy's got no power. I know he could steal bags, and he could hit for average. So three out of five, I bet, and give you runs, average, steals. That's yeah, not gives terrible, you- but... It gives you a lot. I did a relatively in-depth piece on him a couple years back. He, he gives you a, the average, especially now, you know, if the league average is 232 or whatever it is, and he's almost a lock to hit uh, whatever his BABIP is going to be, essentially, because he puts everything in play. So, And you would expect BABIP to be around 300 because that's ordinarily where it's at. So his, his most likely outcome is he's going to hit around 300. So a 300 hitter when – Batting average is league-wide 232 is more valuable than a 300 hitter when the average is 260 or something. So you got to look at how many hits is going to give you over an average player. Put that into the value calculator. Uh, I looked – I think I did hitters this week, but runs and RBIs, he's actually not bad relative to the other rookies. I think he was at 28 or 29, something like that. He should be stealing bags, but he hasn't. I think that's been the – for fantasy, at least, the big disappointment is I think he's only stolen one base this year. He's one for two, I think. He's not alone. Francisco Lindor has still not stolen a base this year. That's crazy to me. Lindor's been just tough in general. Yeah, well, he has. There's still there's still guys, his teammate, Madrigal's teammate, Andrew Vaughn, as of yesterday, he still hasn't hit a home run yet still. So it's a weird season going on here in some respects, is it not? Yeah. I think one but, thing with Vaughn is that they're not giving him the playing time. He's not playing every day, so he can't find his feet. Yeah, well, I, you're right. The, the first month here, he was being treated poorly, absolutely yanked in and out, in and out. But now with all the injuries, he should be playing every day. And if he's not, then that's there's just no excuses be, left for Larusa. 
Or is it going to be Billy Hamilton and Jake Lamb? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Somebody man. said uh, on Twitter, I can't take credit for this. I wish I could. Giving Tony LaRusa Billy Hamilton is like giving a six-year-old an air horn. <laughs> <laughs> he can't like help it. but play like with it. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. I can. <laughs> He's a... Uh... Whatever. Yeah, the the Russo is an old bit. I mean, everyone knows the story there. There's a lot of confusion and frustration there. But either way, check out Phil's stuff on rotofanatic.com. That's what you should be doing. Check out Phil's work. Don't miss out on the opportunity. And maybe next time in a week, Mick Madrigal will have three steals. Maybe they'll open up the offense in Chicago. But who's to say? All I know is we're going to talk more about prospects. But we've got to get into our segment, which we like to call Leading Off. In leading off here, live with Phil Goyette. Please follow Phil on Twitter. That's Phil of Sports. Phil of Sports. P H I L of Sports, right? That's me. I didn't blow it. Woohoo! I knew it. Well done. I make mistakes every day, but I try to do my best and do my homework. And we're here talking baseball. And as always, in leading off, we do our catch of the day. And here it is. Good. Our first catch of the day. Today, <clears throat> oh, geez, whoa! <laughs> I've been doing too many podcasts. That's what that is. Good Lord. Sorry about that. Our first catch of the day today. Phil, I'm going to give you the first word on this. Is there a player over the last three days that really impressed you? It could be anywhere. It could be minor league. The minor leagues are underway, too, so it's great to see minor league baseball back. It could be minors or majors. I don't even care. Any player. I've got my Giants cap on. And uh, Helio Ramos for the Giants uh, has been tearing it up to start the season. They started him at double A. He's still relatively young. I think he's 21 still. Um, I think he hit two home runs the first day, and he's hit another one since. So, And he's just pounding the baseball. So Helio. That's fantastic. That's a great catch right there. I think uh, the, the Giants might be the most annoying team in baseball. No offense to you, Phil. I, mean, I like you. But I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan. I just like the hat, personally. <laughs> I think they do more with less now. They're starting to get a reputation like some of the other teams, like the Rays and these other teams. They don't spend a ton. I mean, they spend a little bit. They do sign Gaussman and Wood, and they but they're not like outrageously expensive deals. And they seem to get the most out of everybody. And if somebody doesn't work, then they move on to the next guy. Yep. They're give them full thing- credit there. Their thing last decade was they always had a pile of bats that could make contact, uh, a bunch of gloves that could play defense. They always had good guys in the bullpen, um, and they always had about five starting pitchers. So, uh, Jasper here says he's picking up Andrew Vaughn Monday morning in a Yahoo 12-teamer. Do you think Vaughn is 12-team viable right now? Yeah, let it, I would let it rip. I mean, especially if it's the back end of your bench or something, it's a kind of an upside move to go for. So, yeah, go for it. Somebody yeah, else I- we're going to talk about. Trevor Larnick got called up, too. That's another idea, yeah? Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Uh, my catch of the day, I got to give it to him, and I've ripped on him a lot the last couple of years, but Zach Wheeler looks incredible. He's having a great year so far. He went nine innings all the way against the Brewers in a great pitcher's duel with Brandon Woodruff yesterday. Nine innings, three hits, zero walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, it speaks for itself, and I... 
just didn't think he could be consistent. But right now, he's being the one thing I haven't seen. Despite his last start before that, he gave up four runs in the first inning against the Mets, but he didn't give up any more runs, and he went seven innings. That's what you want from a guy who's supposed to be your leader and your horse if he makes mistakes, that he can bounce back and still go seven. So I'm I'm really starting to change my tune on Zach Wheatley. He's throwing the slider more, too. His slider usage is up if you start looking at the peripherals, and it seems to be paying off. Z Wheelie. <laughs> Actually, yeah, well, he does have a Z Giants Wheelie. connection. Z Wheelie's got a connection to the Giants. He traded him to the Mets in that deal for somebody. I can't remember who it was, but it was a huge deal. I can't remember. Anyways, yeah, he did really great. I agree. He didn't really pan out uh, as well for the Mets, but now the Mets face him. <laughs> That's great. He gets to be in their own division for the next couple of years since the Phillies signed him in house. Uh, so kudos to Wheeler and kudos to. Helio Ramos. I love Ramos. I'd love to get him on my fantasy slash dynasty team if I could, but I'm not in a position to buy youth. I'm trying to win right now, so I don't know. Ramos is not going to help you this year, right? But he's going to help you in years to come. Yeah, next year. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, now, if you're listening to the podcast version, Return of the Mac, Return of the Mac, by Mark Morrison, dearie. Tribute to you. I got it right this time. It's not Mark Harrison. Mark Morrison. R&B special tonight. So, return of the Mac means who's back? Who's coming to help out? We got reinforcements with all these damn injuries. Trevor Larnick. You just mentioned his name, Phil. Trevor Larnick is back. What can we expect from this guy? Will it be temporary? Or could he play his way into regular time here? Um, prob- probably temporary. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, if the if the bat's hot, he hit an absolute tank in AAA the other day. I don't know if you saw the video of it. He just annihilated a baseball. Um, so he's got he already hit a home run this season. Uh, he could he's like a lot like Kirilov in a way where hit tool plus power. So he could hit for a good average, get on base. He should get on base, uh, and he could be you know twenty home runs this season. Honestly. Hmm. But it's when Buxton comes back, if Buxton comes back, uh, Uh he's back in the lineup. Uh, Kirilov, I would think the same, but um, I actually haven't got the latest word on Kirilov, so I don't know what's going on with his injury. Well, he's uh, officially on the IL, and I I didn't hear the update on the wrist, but he was traveling to that doctor on the road trip and still joining the team, so maybe they were hopeful it wasn't that serious. But let's keep our eyes peeled on any information that can help us because if you're not staying vigilant, on constant transactional updates every day here, you're probably going to miss something. You got to be really, I know you don't want to spend that much time on something, but if you're putting money into leagues and you want to win, you got to stay up to date on this stuff all day long. Got to catch that Roto Fanatic injury report every weekend. Dave Funnels at Fernery Report. Yeah. And yeah. He's Canadian too. I love Davey Lou because he's Canadian <laughs> and because he does a good job. Who Not doesn't love Canadians? Because, yeah. I love, my girlfriend's Canadian. I love Canadians. Yeah. I'm very passionate. About the Canadians. Even though I haven't seen her in 14 months, I'm still still missing out there. I love you, Leanne. Hope you're doing well. Uh, but you reminded me, because you said Byron Buxton. So uh, I'm adding this to the show, which is a kind of a classic. It's a sad injury music here from my childhood. Techno Do you know Super what this Bowl. is? Oh, Techno yeah, Super you got it. Come on. Yeah, you got it. Do I know what this is? I don't know. I don't know you that well. I, I think it's a fair question. But yeah, you nailed it. So... Total respect to you, Phil. Well done, my friend. Injury to to Otis Anderson. (laughs) He's being carried off by other guys. Get Rodney Hampton in. 
<laughs> oh, Merrill Hodge, another concussion. Devastating. You got to put him in to return the kicks, Merrill Hodge. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Those Pittsburgh uniforms look so weird in that eight-bit graphic. They're like yellow, but they're like oh, they're, they always look the oddest ones of all the ones on that game. Anyways, point being is that this music means injuries, and he just said Phil described Buxton is bye-bye. So so long, Mr. Buxton. We're gonna miss you. Keep your eyes on Kirillov. Uh, the injuries just continue to pile up. Blah blah blah. So just be forewarned. Injuries are happening 24/7, all the time. But we're here to give you guys reinforcements. So Larnix coming back. Miguel Andujar called back up by the Yankees, and he's in the lineup tonight. He's playing first base for the New York Yankees. I, again, with Luke Voigt knocking on the door, he'll be back any day now. I assume this is like a weekend tryout for Andujar? Yeah, I think you're right. The short-term thing. He's struggled so much the last couple of years, too, unfortunately. So where do we see him now? I mean, in his career, is this somebody that you would try to pick up for cheap in a dynasty league, or is he just a lost cause right now? He's the kind of guy you're waiting to get traded to another club. I think, <laughs> like Mike Talkman, I'm the actually Giants. kind of yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that the Yankees haven't traded him yet. Um, so I don't think you you need to own him in dynasty. I guess if you're in a very deep league and you want to use that uh, minor spot creatively. You could do worse than having somebody who's going to get a shot in MLB at bat. So that is actually a good idea. Well, just remember, man, every day people get hurt. And it will happen every day. And someone's bound to get hurt tonight. I bet someone gets hurt and goes on the aisle by tomorrow. But they re-sign Brett Gardner every year. How many years can the Yankees continue to re-sign Brett Gardner I thought Clint Frazier would be traded. I, that's why I thought somebody had to go here. But the Yankees, they're slow playing this like a son of a bitch. So we'll see how it goes there. Uh, Shogo Akiyama is back for the Cincinnati Reds. He's been on the shelf with the hamstring issue, but he's in the lineup tonight. I was actually excited. I had an idea. I thought that Tyler Stevenson, the Reds catcher, who I love. I love Tyler Stevens. I love that bat. I thought they would put him at first with Joey Votto going on the I.O. with the thumb issue. But show goes back, and now he's in the game, and Tyler Stevenson's still on the bench. And they have a DH because they're playing at Cleveland. So I I lost out. I thought I could play Tyler Stevenson this weekend and get some good stats at catcher, but that did not work out. So Good thought. Stevenson's been good this year, too. Every every time he plays, yeah. it seems like he does something when they get even and he doesn't that's even more impressive to me because he doesn't play regularly. Right. I can't trust catchers, man. Yeah, well, that's that's very obvious. Yes, that is very obvious, Phil. Thank you very much. But you are right, Phil. Can't trust catchers. But Shogo Akiyama, uh, did you have any interest when he first signed with the Reds last year? Uh, and if so, I'm sure that changed. He, Yeah, he was a guy I was picking up in, like, first-year player drafts or supplemental drafts because it's nice to get the international free agents that come in that are older like that because they have a chance at contributing right away. And actually thought he was going to, uh, but he just did not acclimate to the MLB like uh, we'd hoped, or even the projection. I think there were some projections out there that were pretty nice for what yeah. he could accomplish, but that didn't come to fruition. Unfortunately, he was supposed to run more, I think, than he than he did. That was one of part of the deal too. I was expecting like ten steals at least from him, and that didn't happen. And but it was also the bozo season of twenty twenty, so you can't really, you know. 
I, I was willing to toss it up as a lost season, but he comes out the gate and he has personal issues in spring training, and then he's hurt, and it's just the wrong start for him. But that doesn't mean there's still not opportunity here. But with the rise of Tyler Naquin, it just makes his job yeah. and his opportunity even more difficult. The Reds always have outfielders like tripping over each other, so it's a, <laughs> you know, it's not a great playing time situation ordinarily. True that. We got there's the rise no of Jesse Winker now too, so they've got to fit him in. Yeah. Castellanos, Winker, Naquin, Akiyama, it's a mess. But it's a good mess to have if you're a manager. Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel is starting at second base tonight, which is great news. And after tonight, he will have second base eligibility in Yahoo League. So that's good news for anybody in Yahoo as Senzel getting that second base eligibility will only increase his value. All right. Real quickly, Gene Segura should be back this weekend. Framber Valdez threw a side session, and they said he felt pretty good. And I think we should start targeting Framber now. If you can, put fab bids on him this weekend, Sunday night. Don't forget, we have the Sunday night fab show. We do it every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Here to help you. And we'll talk about Framber some more that night, too. But Framber Valdez, do you think you can expect him to pitch by the end of this month or at the very beginning of June? And if so, would it be worth it to pick him up now? Uh, so you're saying put out a Framber alert. Uh, it might be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I've been sitting on that one for a minute. No, so, that's fantastic. I don't. I actually don't know. Uh, don't know if he's going to be within the month or not. I think your idea, though, to maybe fab him now from somebody who dropped him, especially if you could get him to an IL spot for something that you have open on your roster, is a great idea because it does sound like he's. If he doesn't come back within the month, he should be back. Uh, I don't know, mid-June, uh, July 1st, something like that. Sounds like the finger injury went way better than what they initially thought, which is great. Yes. I, I remember preseason. This is another lesson. Write this stuff down, folks. Everybody panicked when he got injured yeah. in spring training. and Oh, season's over. He's out for the right. year. His finger's He's falling over. off. They're going to yep. have to put a rod in the finger. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he faced... It didn't happen. You're right. He faced he threw 20 pitches today in live BP and he faced hitters and he showed good command according to Dusty Baker. So take that for what it is. There is video of him doing it as well. So it is real. It's not just a rumor. <laughs> There's video of him doing it. Uh, yeah, that that's a fun rotation. I would love to see Framber jump in with Luis Garcia as my dude, and he's been good. Yeah, so. I picked Bill, him up in a couple say- of leagues. He's built like a fire hydrant, is what I always say. He's just a tank. Luis Garcia? Yeah. He's an absolute tank. He had a nice outing. I thought it was still a pretty solid outing against the Yankees, even though he only went four and two-thirds. He struck out eight, and I picked him up in two leagues this past weekend as a streamer, and I'll take the eight Ks. He gave up a couple runs, but he didn't get shelled. So I I like I like guys like that, that the ones people are not targeting like uh, – I don't know, the other streamers at the top of the list where people pay big money for them every week. There's always somebody who would probably give you comparable value that is always cheaper, and that's a good example of it right there. And then lastly, uh, Chris Paddock is supposed to come off the IL and pitch Sunday? Uh, at least he's supposed to come off the IL on Sunday. I don't know if he's going to pitch or not. I'll have to double-check that, but make sure you check that out and properly make choices with your roster. Is Chris Paddock someone you like, or did you like him coming up through the Padres system? Yeah, Paddock's a guy I've definitely liked. Uh, one of the primary things I look at with prospect pitchers is strikeouts minus walks. Uh, 
strikeout minus walk percentage and Paddock was always great. There was always the question of whether he was just getting by on the changeup because the changeup was so good and he was just destroying younger hitters with it, but it wouldn't work in the MLB. Uh, maybe we're finding that out now that it might not work. So <laughs> I still I still think it's just a rough road for pitchers in general, especially like the first three years of their career. It's really hard to be a relevant pitcher for fantasy baseball in the first three years of your career. So Paddock actually probably had a pretty decent outcome to get started with. And now he's got to do something to evolve and take a next step. Uh, but I think he can. So you would buy him then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if in a dynasty could... format, if you didn't have to pay much to get him or you were rebuilding and it's uh, a team that was in the hunt was looking for uh, parts from you, he might be somebody to consider get, getting back and taking a shot on. Okay. Uh, no worry about previous velo concerns last year, and then this year he just looks – it looked like it was a continuation of his lost year last year, which was a brief year, of course, but you're not worried yeah. about that. No, I'm worried. you got to worry about all of it, the fastball not being as effective as it might need to be, uh, his inability to find a curveball that he likes. The flip side is if he can – do one of those things, then he's a completely different pitcher and he already has the control piece. He never has really walked many batters. Uh, so we should limit the damage. And then the changeup is really good. Okay. So you're kind of looking, if you're looking for a guy that needs to ch- make one change that could really make an improvement, Paddock is a guy. Interesting. Phil Goyette is live with us. We're talking baseball. And, of course, rotofanatic.com is where you can find Phil's work. You can find me there, too. I happen to be a part of the company, the website. I do something there. I think I've done something there. I swear there's something I do there. And follow us, Plaza Podcast, 2Ls2Z. Utah, give me two. Phil. Yeah. Let's talk about return on investments. You did some work with the Fangraphs calculator. I want to hear about this. So you set the table. You know exactly what you're talking about. The floor is yours. Yeah, basically what I've been looking at this week is I use the Fangraphs auction calculator to see, uh, for example, players in their first three years in the MLB, like we were just talking with Paddock. I was looking at hitters this week. So hitters within their first three years, what kind of uh, expectations should you have for how much uh, money they might return? So I use the 15-team setup with a 260 auction budget. It's kind of like a standard setup. And I looked at all the players in the whole – all the hitters in the pool separated into tiers. So $10 and up is a tier. $20 and up is a tier. $30 and up is a tier. $40 and up is a tier. And then I looked at the percentage in each of those tiers of guys that were in, for example, their first three years in the major leagues. So if guys in their first three years in the major leagues, pretty much at each tier, it's very consistent. You can expect 15 to 20% of that tier to come for, from guys within the first three years. So if you're looking at it like a rebuild and saying, I'm going to have all these uh, prospects hit uh, at the same time, and though this next couple of years after they make the show, my team's just going to dominate because uh, I'm going to have all those kids together for three years. The reality is – that's only about 15 to 20% of the player pool that you want to be interested in are going to come from those guys. If you want to go that route, you would literally need to have all 15 of the prospects that do well in the first three years. That is really interesting. So, so don't, for, or in other words, don't forget about the olds. 
<laughs> the old vets that nobody wants? Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Or you know who was the guy who was popping up on this thing? Uh, so the years I looked at was 2015 through 2019. One guy that was, uh, I don't know, if I, he was definitely $10 or better. It might even have been $15 or better. And three of those five seasons was Brandon Phillips. Oh, oh God. The Ian Kinsler, Ian Kinsler was on there. Yeah, I, I, you know, Tigers fan. I love Kinsler was great when that was a good trade. That worked out pretty well. And I, his best years were in Texas. I understand that. But he was always kind of undervalued. Yes. It seemed like ever so slightly. Brandon Phillips, always so elusively talented. Feel like we never quite got what we could have got out of him. But he did. He did provide value. I'm not saying he was worthless at all, but. That is really interesting. I know there's a thousand tweets on Twitter about people saying, yep, Nelson Cruz's career over. Meanwhile, he hits another home run. So there's just something about people in their late 30s, mid 30s that people dismiss. Yeah, I feel that. But <laughs> the information. Even my, <laughs> my soul right now. <laughs> but the information is telling us otherwise, right? Yeah, you really... Um... Prospects are for trading. I don't think you want to put your whole piggy bank into prospects in a rebuild. You want to look at players who are with maybe within their first couple of MLB years and have had some success or players that are at AAA and could get a call up in the event of an injury, the Max Muncy types. Mm, um, there you you, go. you need to call. mine for those types of guys as much as you need to take the next 16-year-old uh, shortstop out of the Dominican if you're rebuilding. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel like I know he's still young, but I already feel like we've been hearing about Jason Dominguez for like three years. <laughs> yeah. He's still not even close to being here, really. No, I, somebody asked me in the chat, you know, is he going to do this year? Is, you know, can we expect him to be up? And it's like, there's no chance. Dude, there's no chance of happen. He's not even in the full season yet. Right. Exactly. Thank and you. he's 18. He's 18, I think, already as well. So I don't know. He is. Yes. He, I know that everyone says Juan Soto did it. Anybody could do it. No, that's well, an anomaly. Even, yeah, I know Juan Soto's the example, but Juan Soto's international signing year was 2015. So 15, mm -hmm. 16, 17 was minors. In 2018, he got his debut, and that was only because they're like – Half the Nationals outfield lost their limbs or something. It was like a, the craziest circumstance. He's been great since, but he's like the exception, not the rule. And even that, even in that case, it took three years for him to get there. That's a really good point. See, you know, Juan Soto is the outlier, folks. And I even need to take this advice to heart in your dynasty leagues. Take the guys who are older that nobody cares about. I picked up Ryan Yarbrough on the wire like a month ago nobody cared about him in my dynasty league he was just sitting there i got him for one dollar people got sick of his shit <laughs> well yeah i can see that i i had him benched a couple leagues this week he got the win yeah. the other night and that kind of annoyed yeah, me definitely but. he was he got a rage drop in at least one of my leagues for sure well i don't know if that's not totally unjustified to be honest it's been pretty annoying but Anyway, this point being and ryan yarbrough's not like super super old but it's just an example of a guy who's kind of in the middle of his career who could provide value, not out to pasture, not fresh in, you know, 18 like Dominguez. So that's really cool stuff. Anything else uh, you want to mention from that? Because this is this is really cool. I'm going to start playing around with this myself. I never use that uh, calculator. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I really should. I'm going to start adding, uh, once we get a couple months in, I'm going to start adding the earned auction dollars in 2021 to the rookie ladder so you can see 
you know, like how much money has a Rosarena made this year, for example. So you can kind of see that unfold. The the one great uh, – well, so another thing I looked at was players within the first five years of their uh, first-year prospect draft year. So, like, you know, I would have – the year you could have acquired the guy in the prospect draft, within mm-hmm. those five years from that season – what kind of returns were you getting from guys? It was almost the same as within the first three years. So you would figure uh, in any given year, about 15 to 20% of hitters that make over $10 were within the last five years in a first year player draft. Or in other words, if you want to rebuild that way by going heavy into first year player draft picks, you're looking at like a five year window, best case scenario. Really, it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, that that is, this is great the, stuff. I- the cool outlier in that group is Bryce Harper. Uh, 2015, Bryce Harper was a $40. He was a tier one player, and he was within, uh, I don't have it in front of me, two or three years of his player first-year player draft that year. Yeah, I think it was 2012 he was drafted. Yeah, I think you're off the right. top, Off the top of my head, I don't know for sure. Spreadsheets. Oh, 2010, sorry, 2010. So it was 2010. his fourth MLB year. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know he... Uh, didn't he play at like a junior college and then he jumped yeah. in or something? It was a different. Yeah. It's interesting. His career, his his growth and his journey to this point is fascinating. A little different. Okay, wow. Well, I hope you guys like that. I hope you find it of use. If you have more questions, you can ask Phil. You can follow him on Twitter at Phil of Sports. Phil of Sports. P-H-I-L-O-F Sports. Very easy to do. Phil is happy to absorb questions, I assume, right? Just uh, happy to absorb things in general. <laughs> I'm just happy I'm alive to absorb things. Yeah, that makes sense. Absorption. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of absorbing things, how about we switch gears and go into Enrico's Inquisition? You ready? All right. All right, here we go. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. And... Rico's Inquisition. <laughs> Alrighty. And I just typed in your handle wrong in the live chat, which you can always participate in. I always keep I keep doing Phil on sports. It's Phil of sports. Phil of mm-hmm. sports. I'm not on top of them. I am <laughs> of them. Yeah, we heard uh, Paul Spore there in the little uh, intro. Whitaker Trammell, who you got? Who did he pick? I think he ended up taking Whitaker. I would say I'm tra- probably Trammel. Mm. I'm not wrong with that. One. No, I don't. I can't even say why, but uh, Whitaker stuck around, didn't he? He was he was better later on in his career, right? I got that right. Well, no, I mean, Trammel Trammel started playing less, but he still produced enough. Like in 1993, he was like 35. I, I just happened to be looking this up a week ago, so it's fresh in my head. But he hit 329, only played part time, and hit 13 home runs, stole like eight bases. So then that was like two years before his career ended, because I think 95 was his last year. So it was kind of it was back and forth. Because then the year before that, he was just god awful because he was always hurt. So with Lou, yeah, Lou kind of just did his thing when he was done. He's like, all right, I'm out. That's it. 
But honestly, my dude from that era Tigers team was Chat Lemon. That was the guy I loved as a kid, just based on the name. Peter Pratt's here. We got you from Ireland, and we got Peter Pratt, part of the Roto Brits podcast. So you guys are on the same time frame here, basically. We are. He's up late. He is up late. Pete, I don't he's, know where exactly he lives, but he's uh, not out. He's not out for pints, which uh, pubs have reopened. Well, not in Ireland yet, but across the UK, pubs have opened. Everybody's going out for pints. They're running out. They're running out of beer. <laughs> they literally have been running out of beer. The red out beer in Ireland? That's not in the UK. Ireland in, okay. could be next. <laughs> wow, fantastic. Oh, uh, he says he's in Leeds. Leeds. Good old Leeds. Yeah. Okay. How long of a drive is that? Uh, well, you can't drive there because it's uh, on the other side of the Irish Sea. It's a different island. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That, that was a stupid question, wasn't it? So. <laughs> you could do like the car ferry. You could take a car ferry. Aha, Dublin. see? Yeah. Ah. Okay. All right. There we go. Anyways, uh, I just watched a good movie. Uh, it was Irish. In fact, I watched two Irish movies a couple weeks ago. One was called uh, A Good Woman is Hard to Find. And the other one was called Cavalry with uh, Brendan Gleeson. Really good. Great stuff. Yeah, I haven't watched either of those. I love Brendan Check Gleeson. Yeah. Oh, if you love, yeah. That one came out in like 2014. He plays a priest in uh, some small Irish seaside town. Pretty good. Yeah. Though. Really good movie. Brendan Gleeson's awesome, man. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Bill the Butcher kills him. Spoiler alert! He, he dies in Gangs of New York. Yeah. In, in Bruce, Bruce is great. Him yeah. and uh, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, that is... I love that movie. Yeah. Great, I gotta watch more Brennan Gleeson. Great Dublin accents in that, too. <laughs> what makes a great Dublin accent? Well, it's correct. It's Ireland... So in Ireland, Dublin itself has about three accents. There's accents all over the place, so... Um, ah. So you know, it's no. not the typical... How Americans think of the Irish accent is like, you know, leprechaun yeah. and me lucky yeah. charms. Right, uh, right. Nobody really talks stereotypical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. So, But I'm certainly ignorant enough to not know there's three different uh, styles or accents. In Dub- that's in Dublin. So, and then you've got, you've got accents all over the island, basically. Does anybody speak Gaelic still? Yeah. My kids take it in school. They do? Yeah. Cool. All right, well, hey, this is interesting. Yes, Phil is in Ireland. He's live with us in real time. The world of the internet, 2021. We could do a live baseball show from halfway around the, well, fully around the Atlantic Ocean. You're all the way over there. I've never been to Europe either, by the way, except to fly over to go to Israel once. So uh, hopefully I get to go to Europe someday. But yeah. In fact, you know, now that the pandemic went down, it really it reinvigorated my desire. I, I'm going to take advantage of it. I don't, I don't want to hit the grave early and... Uh, miss out on some of these beautiful places in this world to see so i will make it a priority that much i guarantee you Ireland's a great place to visit it really is all right what are some of your favorite musical artists then this is usually the first question we ask your, your favorite musical artist period or if you have a couple that's fine i'm a big fan of uh 70s album rock so i have all my vinyls like i stole from my parents and stuff steely dan and Oh, and, two know. straight shows. The guest bench is Steely Dan. That is weird. I'm not kidding. I got that just happened two days ago. If I can grab them, let me see. Over my record shelf, I can see we got the Black Keys. Black Keys are oh. great. Um, Neil Young, many Neil Young records. Neil Young's probably one of my favorites. Who doesn't uh, love Neil? Radiohead over there. We got Hall and Oates over there. 
uh, Outkast. Uh, mm. One of my one of my more obscure favorite bands is a band called Mogwai. Uh, they're mm. from Scotland. Do you know them? Yeah, I sure Great do. Band. Yeah. Uh, New album just came out so- in February from them. One of my favorite songs, uh, something a murderer. Uh, you know, I'm talking about a couple albums ago. Oh crap! I'm gonna look it up. It's a great album and it's like a haunting song. It's very intense. Uh, yeah, I love Mogwai. I'm in. I love all that stuff. I'm big into post rock, like Explosions in the Sky, Mogwai, Cigarettes, all that stuff. So, yeah, they're like, great live like too. If you ever get to see them live, that I'm hoping to get to a concert soon. <laughs> I have never seen them live so that's something yeah i haven't been to a concert shit it's been a long ass time since i've been to a concert obviously with everything being shut down oh the yeah. mogwai album i was referencing is rave tapes i love oh that. yeah i have the vinyl i can't oh well oh, there we go we murdered the name of the track yeah yes yeah. yes that is some haunting fantastic shit that's really it's got good the stuff. great synth kind of bass in fact when I do the when I edit the podcast version of it because YouTube sucks, I'm definitely gonna have that underneath us while we're talking. So, Love it. podcast listeners, you get an extra advantage. You get more music in the podcast version than you do the live stream version. Just letting you know because YouTube's very uptight, and you know, rightfully so. All artists deserve to be paid for the music, but either way, I'm still gonna play it. So, I mean, I buy music. I do care about art. I care about musicians. I do. So, I, maybe we could find a balance here. Anyways. All right, that's some great stuff there. Great stuff, Phil. Uh, would you rather be stabbed or arrested? Arrested. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Uh, people usually like go arrested. Neil Young is the man. <laughs> he is. Good call, Jasper. Wise man in Indiana. Um, change up, slider, or curveball. Which of this is your favorite pitch? Change up. Is there a pitcher's changeup that you enjoy the most? All time, historical, now, 10 years ago? Who has the greatest changeup? I don't know. I couldn't give you just one. I love a, one that has the great uh, fade, uh, late fade at the end, drops off the table. It's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, well, we don't, we didn't actually, we used to ask just curveball or slider, and then Michael Simeone said, what about changeup? So he's the one who... He advocated for changeups to be a part of this, and now it's part of the question. So, oh, Pablo Lopez, of course, Peter Pratt, raging Marlins fan, has to throw a Marlin in there. But we actually learned from our last guest that the Marlins, they are mastering the changeup and getting all yeah. their pitchers to throw it. That's what uh, Eric Samolski, by the way, total shout out to Eric. He was our last guest and has some great information on a lot of different stuff. So make sure you follow Eric at Eric. Uh, at Sam Ski NYC, S A M S K I N Y C. He was a really good episode. You can go back and listen to that episode or watch the live stream. But yes, Marlins and changeups—that's a good thing, right? Yeah, Eric's awesome. Uh, Rotoballer guy he does those great videos. Uh, yes, Marlins. Marlins. Trevor uh, Rogers has a great changeup, left-hander. Yeah. Would you rather have Trevor jo- Rogers or Dylan Cease? I'm a White Sox guy, so Dylan sees. He's he's our dude still. My dude. The breakout is here. Looks like it's here, huh? Is it happening? The stuff is there. The stuff is there. It might just be a mental (laughs) thing. It might just be a mental thing. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, people always dismiss the mental aspect of this game. We've always tried to push it and talk about it more often, but you can't always quantify it. There's not an algorithm or a, you know, a data stream that can tell you what's going on mentally with somebody. 
pitcher's feeling it or not, if the hitter's feeling it or not, if his timing's right or wrong, that's all stuff that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chaz Sample here. What's up, Chaz? Chaz, this is amazing. We've con- the Chaz is in Alaska. So we've got Alaska yeah. to Ireland right now. This is why the show rules. Thank you. I did, uh, I did the math. I think I'm approximately 27 hours ahead of Chaz in Alaska right now. Does that sound right? <laughs> Something like that. You know, yeah. Chan says uh, Carlos Rodon is his dude. He picked him up the first week of the season. That was a great call. Yeah, he's he's brand new, man. What is this? Everyone's rooting for the White Sox on this chat now? What the hell's going on? From That's Alaska good. to Indiana to Ireland, well, White Sox are Goshen, taking over. Jasper, I don't know, is Goshen, Northwest Indiana. That's White Sox country if it is. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Indiana has a uh, triple. I don't even know if they have a triple A affiliate anymore. Do they, uh, Jasper? They used to have the triple A Indianapolis team, but I think that's oh, yeah. gone. Fort Wayne's got a high A ah, too. Yeah, they're in the na- one of those are they in the international now. league still. They got to be there. Yeah, like Indy. Indy, I think you're right. It's three three p.m. right now in Alaska. Oh, so that's four hours behind Eastern time, and then another. So it looks like. What was that 10 hours 8 hours nah, who cares? 11 <laughs> hours <laughs> Chaz glad you're here buddy Good. To- Chaz has it's the midnight, day off it's actually midnight, midnight local time for me now so. hey 12.01am the wheels are going like that <laughs> hang in there you're doing a great job Phil we're talking live with Phil Goyette follow Phil on Twitter at Phil of sports of course he writes for us and does his climbing the rookie ladder at rotofanatic.com. And he also does work for Rotoballer, too. I didn't mention that before, but why don't you uh, mention what's going on there? Yeah, right. Uh, Rotoballer, I've been doing uh, prospect call-up pieces uh, each week. Different names that got called up might get playing time over the next week. Um, and I'm also doing a piece called The Outsiders, Pitchers and Hitters Outside of Our Rotoballer Top 250 Prospects. So that will also be updated weekly on the weekends. Uh, and I do a chat every Sunday night on the website, too. A free chat on the website. Well done. Cool. Why don't we do have you do a chat for us? Yeah. We and talk now- about that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Show meeting live. Site meeting. All right. So, he, by the way, Jasper filled this in. The tin caps are in Fort Wayne, and the Cubs are in South Bend. Thank you, Jasper. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well done. Uh, this is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe. So we always ask this question, Master and Commander or the TV show Survivor? Master and Commander. Yes. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic that's what film. I'm talking about. Fantastic film. The tribe has spoken. Eat it, Doug Ishikawa. Doug Ishikawa from the SB Streamer podcast. He came on here saying that Survivor was better than Master Commander. And ever since then, we've been asking that question. So I'm really, really glad you came through for us there. Thank you, Phil. Thank you very much. My wife and I actually (laughs) went on a date to see that movie. (laughs) No shit. Yeah. Wow. I actually didn't see it till the first time like three years ago, but uh, that's cool. See, look at all these. Look at all the stories we get. We learn about people here in Enrico's Inquisition. Uh, Max S is here. Hi. Hello, Max. Welcome to the show. We're here live with Phil and myself. My name is Michael Govier at MJ Govier on Twitter. Phil is in Enrico's Inquisition. A couple more questions. We'll move on from this. Uh, dogs or cats? Cats. Mm. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Easily. Uh, Saturdays or Sundays? Saturdays. Don't like that creeping Sunday night. 
creeping doom. <laughs> it gets instilled in you, at least, I don't know if it's like that. Maybe you, maybe it is like this in Ireland too, but in the United States, it's instilled in you in school and it always sticks with you. Even once you get into jobs and stuff, it's always that haunting Monday morning is coming, right? Yeah. Sunday uh, scaries. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's something. Uh, <laughs> Sunday scaries. Uh, Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders? Ooh. Oh, Dion. Oh, Primetime. wow. All right. I, I, I used to love cool. catching the uh, Chris Berman uh, NFL recap on Sunday and to see oh, if yeah. Dion took an interception back. That was always the highlight of the week. Man. NFL primetime. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a great show. I watched that religiously every Sunday night. No doubt That's about it. it. But both those guys were two-way players, so I was curious. I, I feel like most people go Bo Jackson, but Dion was – he didn't get hurt like Bo got hurt, and he was good. He was yeah, he was underrated. a good, really good baseball player too. Probably yes, underrated. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, a couple more. We'll close it out here. Uh, Ricky Gervais or Steve Carell? Just generally or office roles? Yeah, just anything, whatever. Any context you want. I find, it's a, I find Ricky Gervais a little funnier. Okay. A super dry sense of humor is, is great. Yeah, I got no complaints there. I think he's hilarious. I love when he does the Golden Globes. It's the only reason to watch that show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Blood, Sweat, and Tears or Chicago? Chicago. Oh, okay. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. I love both those bands a lot. Terry Kath. Uh, oh. but Terry Kath. Rest in power, my friend. Man, so dumb. Should not have died when he did. But hey, at least he left some killer music. I'll give yeah, him that. Great guitar player. Oh, we got a bonus question from the live stream. Peter Pratt says, favorite Marlin of all time? Of all time? I don't, uh, well, he didn't say be... all time. It just says favorite Marlin, so maybe I shouldn't well, say that. All time has to be Levon, right? <sighs> Levon Hernandez was fun. I'll give him that. But I have a personal favorite. Uh, you can... You can go leave on. I'm going yeah, Orestes Destrada. Orestes <laughs> <laughs> Destrada. He was an original Marlin. It's such a badass name. I always loved Orestes when I was a kid. He wasn't even that. I mean, he wasn't even that great, to be honest. With you. He was very middle of the road, but just such a cool didn't, name. Didn't they take uh, Charlie Huff in the initial? They did. <laughs> he was about 48 years old, right? He was the. I believe he was the very first, the opening day starter, the inaugural game against. The Dodgers, I think. Yeah, I think that's real. I'll verify that, by the way. I know Peter's loving all this. This is way too much Marlins talk. Uh, all right, and finally, as we close out Enrico's Inquisition. For love or money? Love. Final answer? Final answer. That's an easy one for me. Well said. Well said, Phil Goyette. He has passed and survived Enrico's Inquisition. Another wonderful job here on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter, Facebook. Give me two. And, of course, sub our YouTube channel, which you can see right now as we're watching live. Thanks to everybody who's been participating in the live stream comments. Very active today. Chaz, Peter, Jasper, Max. Good to have everybody aboard here. All right, let's talk a little bit more fantasy baseball now. Let's get to the juicy stuff, the prospect stuff. That's why we have Phil here. People love prospects. So we got two segments here. It's real simple. We're just going to talk some redraft league prospects who could have an impact. And then we'll talk dynasty prospects beyond the top 100 that Phil will recommend. But first, 
Let's start with redraft league prospects who could still play a role and be serviceable on your team this year. Who you got? Yeah, let me get the rookie ladder open, really. That's what we want to be looking at here, right? <laughs> uh, Hitter-wise, you know who's been really good this year is Dylan Carlson. Dylan! There might be another There might be another gear, too, but he seems like he's got his feet under him. Uh, so Dylan Carlson, he hasn't moved up the ladder at all, but he's held firm at number three on the ladder and wouldn't be surprised to see him move up a little bit. Uh, Paven Smith has been hitting the shit out of the ball <laughs> and he's been leading off every day for Arizona. I actually picked him up. Uh, I think only a 12 team, uh, league, a Yahoo league, uh, and stuck him on the bench and he's been, he's been in the lineup. So Paven Smith might be a hitter that you can look at if you're looking for, and he's, I think first base and outfield eligible too. Yeah, he's been really, really solid. And even with the return of Christian Walker, he's continuing to play. So we'll see how that goes because Christian Walker just came off the IL this week. So monitor that situation. But if they like him, and they're, I don't think the Diamondbacks are really – where do we see the Diamondbacks? Do you see them as rebuild like contender, a, just kind of stuck in the middle right now, or what? They're like, yeah, the the vibe they give off is those weird gray jerseys they have. That's like their, their – uh, Standings vibe as well, like 81. <laughs> yeah, former Tiger, former Tiger's the manager, Tori Lavolo, who was not very popular Tiger, but he was a Tiger. And uh, yeah, he hasn't really, they're just kind of middling, middling, middling. Um, yeah, then they don't have the horses, I don't think. Well, Paven Smith, though, could be the guy that makes the yeah, difference, he'd be, right? He'd be a guy I'd look at picking up uh, if he's still out there. Uh, Yerman Mercedes is probably gone by now. Uh, oh. If you've been following the ladder, you might have got him uh, earlier on. Uh, it's sounding like uh, Jared Kelnick uh, is close. Wander Franco might be close, too. So those are guys you want to keep uh, your ear to the ground on if they're not owned yet. and try to Both maybe got off get to really week, hot starts. Maybe try and get a week ahead on the fab with them if you're looking. If you have a stash spot, if you have a stash spot, it's something to consider. Okay. Yeah, both of them, you know, Kalenic had two homers in a game. Wander Franco went like five for nine with a steal to start off. So they're in the minors. They're going to blow it up. And I actually believe this now, Phil, because that douchebag who said that shit for the Mariners who got fired back in the January, the Rotary Club asshole. <laughs> I believe since he said, yeah, Kalenic will come up like May 1st or whatever the, you know, the period passes so they can get an extra year. I think they're actually keeping him down longer, so it looks like they're not following the plan of the guy that they separated themselves from. They don't want to be associated with this guy and that plan. They want to make it seem like it was all his own idea, and they'll sacrifice more time in the minors for Kalenic. I really believe they would do that. They're, it's I know it sounds absurd, but people do crazy yeah, shit to avoid being connected to assholes. It's hard to understand what you're doing when you've got... Uh, Marmalejos and Sam Haggerty and whoever the hell else are running out in the outfield every day. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to look at that argument with a straight face that they're not doing it to just keep a service time down. I hear you. Uh who else? Anybody else that we could look forward to even later this year in the redraft leagues? Impact by the summertime. Yeah, let's look, you know, uh Nolan Jones in Cleveland, if he gets some time in the outfield is somebody they might Put in the Band-Aid in that crap fest of an outfield they have in Cleveland. Uh, Vidal Bruhan's a guy I got in here for the Rays. He's definitely hmm. someone to keep your eye on. He's been – I think he's got two home runs already. 
and he, he does. Wasn't, he's not really a power first prospect. He's more on base and speed. Uh, they've also been playing him in center field too. He's naturally a second baseman. So uh, position versatility, he should steal. I, he's very fast, great base runner too. So he can definitely steal you some bags. And then if he's going to hit 15 or 20 home runs, you have to own him. But he's not up yet, and it's the Rays, and you're not sure what they're going to do. So you might be yeah, waiting for an injury. Okay, that's fair. What about uh, – we didn't mention him when we talked about Kalenic, but uh, Julio Rodriguez, do you think he'll come up this year, and will he play a role? I don't think he'll be up this year. Um, I'm blanking on his initial assignment. I think they sent him to high A to start. Uh, he's he's probably – he's like a year behind uh, – where Kalnick is right now, I would think. Okay. Again, Peter Pratt, <clears throat> Marlins fan, says Jesus Sanchez and Lewin Diaz have gone insane in AAA. Yeah, Jesus Sanchez is a guy that's easy to forget about because he's struggled as a prospect and people get sick of that and they don't want to sit around and wait for it, you know? So um, keep your eye out for him. And then if I could control F here. Oh, crap. Trying to find Lewin, but I remember Lewin – Showing up real well on estimated barrels. Mm. Uh, yeah, 11.2% estimated barrels in 2019. Loon's a dude that can hit the ball hard, and you always want to keep your eye on those type of guys. Sometimes you get into caught into the trap of saying, oh, I'm not interested in this prospect because, oh, he's only a first base uh, prospect. It doesn't matter. Pete Alonzo was only a first base prospect, and he was had a great rookie season, so – that's true. That is very true. Uh, the Marlins, though, are somewhat confusing because they are employing people like Garrett Cooper and Jesus Aguilar, and but they're because they're not like a rebuilding team necessarily. People might assume they are, but they're not playing players in a way that they should be playing Diaz and Sanchez. Yeah, they and, went and got Evan I mean, Duvall they, for some reason. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's the best example of it. Actually, well said, but. Chaz Ch- Jazz Chisholm was brought up, and that was fun. But that was only one guy, and he had to make shit happen to force his way in the lineup. But he, even though he was put on the opening day roster, yeah, I t- that organization also has a lot of pitching. There's a they've got a lot of pitching depth. They could be have a scary good rotation. Sixto should be coming back relatively soon, hopefully. Um, and Max Meyer was just destroying people in his Double A debut. So he, he hopped right to double A to start. Meyer could be up next year, honestly. He was last year's first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, anybody else that we didn't cover here? Redraft possible influence in 2021. It could be in a couple months still, but you know, it doesn't have to be today necessarily. Let's look up some more pictures I got here on the ladder. Uh, 6-0. Oh. Kopech. Michael Kopech has wiggled oh, yeah. his way into rotation role. Um. Nate Pearson should be coming back for the Blue Jays soon. Anytime, he, yes. I think he made his rehab start at AAA in the, within the last couple of days. Time has been a blur recently. Uh, but, but you should see Pearson in the next week or two, I would think. And I think they want him in the rotation when he's back. So, um, yeah, he's definitely a guy that you could uh, stash a week out, I would think. He allowed um, four hits, single run. And he struck out eight in three and two-thirds innings at his AAA rehab start in Buffalo. That was two days ago. Two days. The key is for him just getting stretched out so he can handle the workload when he comes back. Yeah, so maybe one or two more rehab starts, and then he comes up by middle of May. Yeah. 
Sounds right to me. Adbert Adbert Alzale's been really good for for a young pitcher. Absolutely. I love him. I picked him up in TGFBI last week with a great bid of 42. Runner-up bid was 39. Yeah, I got him. Of course, of course, I also bid $102 on Dalton Varsho, and the runner-up bid was $9. So I'm going to give you the good and the bad. I always tell it like it is. I'll never lie to you guys. Varsho's another interesting guy, too. But where Carson Kelly is coming out. Carson Kelly is exploding, and they like Steven Vogt as the backup. They did bring up Varsho. He's on the roster right now, but he's basically there's like a just a pinch hitter. Utility guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, Ke- what about Kelly? I mean, Kelly was a guy who was very, very hot. I mean, he was part of the Goldschmidt deal. He was one of the key aspects of that in return with the Cardinals. We like Carson Kelly enough, or is this a fluke what we're seeing right now? Bush, yeah. Cardinal Stadium, Bush, yeah. Simple, simple man, Bush. Yeah, um, that's right. I got a. I'm getting his savant open now for Carson Kelly, but I think the barrel rate's legit. I don't think these are cheapies he's hitting. Um, so I think no, he's I not. Look at him, yeah, I think it's. I think I mean, it's the real deal, Michael. Mm, wow. Okay. He's. I mean, he's gonna be 27 soon. It's not like he's a baby. It's time. It's gotta happen. Yeah, I maybe you know they catchers take longer to develop, so maybe it's just his career path took him a little bit longer to get where he needed to be. I made a tragic mistake. His, yeah. his, his rolling ex woba over his past 100 plate appearances is like straight up. So he's maybe he's on a very serious heater right now too. But but that's so what does there. that tell us though? What does that tell us? A uh, rolling ex woba. I'm dumb. Uh, basically looks at the moving average of his expected uh, WOBA mm-hmm. over a shorter period of time. And it usually is, I found last year using this to pick up players and to do fab with is a, is a good way to see guys that are on hot streaks essentially and legitimate hot streaks because X WOBA is taking how, you know, the quality of his contact and what the, they call it the expected outcome sort of like regardless of what actually happened to the ball in play, what should have happened based on other similar balls and plays, it takes yeah. that, it takes his actual walk rate and his actual strikeout work rate and projects what his Woba should have been. It's a good way oh. to find guys that are on hot streaks, honestly. And if you look on the Savant page, they now have it right front and center under the little uh, percentile ranking bubbles. Underneath is a chart. It almost looks like a stock chart. That shows the rolling X Woba average. Yeah, I mean, I'm down with X Woba. I just haven't always looked at rolling averages enough. So uh, I admit I'm a little brain dead in there, but that's good to know. I, I'll look further into that. Thank you. Thank you very it's much. It's a good short term one for hitters to look at. By the way, the Tigers are down 1 nothing already to the Twins in the first inning. Woohoo! Go, Tigers! <laughs> oh, Akil Badu. See, everybody was getting on the Akil Badu yeah. bandwagon. And he just went straight to hell. Did you ever have, even before he came up and had a nice little opening of this season, were you ever kind of on the radar with him? Or were you always like, eh, this guy's just doesn't have what it takes? I think he was kind of known in uh, prospect sphere because the tools are loud. He's always had some big power and uh, good glove and good speed. Um, 
I think in the rookie ladder, I had him like in the teens, low teens. Uh, so I wasn't, I know he went nuts off the bat. I didn't bump him right into like the top five or something because I was trying to show a little caution in part because I don't think he was making much contact in the zone, even at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the exact number, but his, his zone contact is just like uh, almost unusable. He's getting too far, it's unusable. Oh, that is a sad. The flip, but the flip, the flip side, it, the flip side is he's got the Javi Baez thing where when he does make contact, he hits it so hard that it's that it works. He just has to make enough for him, enough contact for his profile. Yeah, but that's why Badu was like one for his last thirty recently, and it's just it, he's done. He's got nothing. He's offering nothing now, and that's what I called out. But the problem is he's a Rule Five pick, so can't necessarily just send him down to the minors. You got to. Cut bait or stick with them. And they suck yeah. anyway, so who gives a shit? So. Yeah, I don't think it was a bad use of a Rule 5 pick at all, actually. Or No, no, no. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that either, even though Al Avila, Al Avila, he's trash. But uh, that's not his fault. He's also the GM for a horrible, horrible human of an owner in Chris Hillage. So that's not his fault. Uh, okay. Uh, we can move on for this segment, unless there's anybody else you want to mention. I, I want to get to some of the beyond the top hundreds that you like that get the Phil Goyette seal of approval. And this would be more of a dynasty perspective, obviously not redraft. So let's, let's get into that outside the top hundred, whatever you define as your top hundred. I don't care how it goes. Yeah, I've got a bunch of deeper guys, my outsider guys. So these were like outside the top 250. So Ooh. here's some guys you can just keep your eye on. If you play in some psychotic format where you have over a thousand minor leagues owned, which I do <laughs> and have been in those. And I played in one that had unlimited minors at one point. So um, if you're in some crazy ass thing like that, you're always looking for names. Um, so uh, Will Benson is a Indians pro, uh, Cleveland baseball club prospect. I haven't dropped mm-hmm. that in from my subconscious yet. You get uh, better. It's okay. Big time power, big time speed. Has struggled to make contact at various points in his career. But he's a guy, if he can figure out how to put it together, he's still relatively young. Uh, Will Benson for Cleveland has tons of upside, and he's, he's the kind of guy you want to sort of take a chance on when you're digging that deep. You can kind of look for – He's got one tool, and if he could learn how to hit the ball consistently, maybe he could take off. Benson's a guy I like. Um, you're off looking at Mason Martin. So Mason Martin, I think his dad is a professional bodybuilder. Oh, uh, Mason might be like one of the most in-shape prospects in the entire minor leagues. He's a Pirates prospect. First base only, which usually scares people off. Uh, but like I said, remember Pete Alonzo play, plays first base only as well. Um, and he's big time power. Uh, his estimated barrel rate was like uh, estimated barrel plus was over 200. So he had some absurd estimated barrel rate. Hits the ball hard. Ops plus was 174. Um, he could run a little bit because he is a very good athlete. Uh, I think Pittsburgh started him at double A as well. So he's a guy that can move relatively quickly until your roster too in Dynasty League. So he's a guy he's a guy that should be owned in pretty much all formats. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. This I hope you guys are sucking this up. This is what you wanted. Give us more. Give us more. We want it, Phil. We gotta have it. Another guy I like, Nico Holsizer. Uh Holsizer was drafted by the Dodgers. 
out of the venerable Moorhead State, everybody's favorite university. Uh, when he was in college, he won the Collegiate Home Run Derby. Uh, he played baseball in Australia, I think, two years ago for the Perth uh, Heat, I think is their name, of the Australian Baseball League over the winter. Oh. Um, he's hit for power everywhere. He got traded to the Tampa Bay Rays, so he's now a Rays prospect. Uh, he's another guy, big-time power, uh, very great athlete, um, corner, more of a corner outfielder than first baseman. I think he could handle the outfield. Um, and, uh, if he gets a shot in the major leagues, he could probably hit 20 home runs right now in the majors. So whole size was, he's very deep, but he's a guy to watch. That sounds like fun. I don't, who would not want some of that? I'm interested. <laughs> Another raised prospect that's interesting is Kevin Padlow. Uh, Padlow got called up briefly i don't know if it was a doubleheader type of deal or something this year uh, but he's back with triple a durham now he's kind of like a corner profile he can play first and third uh, another guy that hits the shit out of the ball and also has very good plate discipline um, he rated high on estimated barrels uh, when i looked at those um, and also looking at a strikeout to walk so i look at Outside estimated barrels for plate approach, I look at walk to strikeout ratio mm-hmm. and Padlow's walk to strikeout ratio uh, plus, so indexed where 100 is average, was 156. So he's also got a very good plate approach, which might get him, you know, some more at bats at the big league level if uh, Tampa has a need for him. Nice. If it's Jasper Springer is speaking for the audience here, more, more. He's loving it. That's right. People are eating this shit up. Let's look at uh, Taryn Vavra. Not Vavra. Vavra from Super Troopers, but Taryn Vavra. I don't want a uh, large Farva. I want a goddamn liter of cola. <laughs> uh, he's a shortstop in the Baltimore system. I think he's at double A as well to start this year. I'm starting to blank on basic facts because we're, ah. we're approaching 1230 um hey tough so it's almost over you're doing great he's got a good glove uh he's another great plate approach guy um upwards of like over 200 in an indexed walk to strikeout ratio plus um he can hit uh for some power he can steal bags it's just a matter of if baltimore has a need to call him up uh but he should definitely be owned in pretty much any dynasty format i would I would have Vavra if for no other reason he's so he's closer to the majors than some other shortstop prospects that might be out there. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, he shows a looks like you steal a few bags too. That's fun. Yep. Yeah, great it. athlete, good defender. I think his dad was a hitting coach. So he's like a coach's kid mentality. Ah, that's smart. Uh, yeah, he's 23 years old, 6'1, 200. We'll see what happens. Third round pick. So, I mean, that's not like a 20th round pick. So there's some pedigree there. Yep. Those are hitters. We can flip to some pitchers. Pitchers. We love them. <laughs> People, you know, I'm like most dynasty players, though. I always prefer hitters to pitchers because pitchers are more risky. That's just the nature of the beast. I think we all know that, though. So, yeah, I think you're correct. I don't have the, I don't have the research done for the tiers of pitchers. I've looked into it a little bit, though, um, and I think you're right. It's You take how hard it is for the hitter to be uh, relevant when their first three years, and for pitchers, you kind of cut it in half almost. Really? It's really hard, yeah. Shit. 
Okay, well, rookie seasons that makes sense to me. Rookie seasons for pitchers are just generally bad. Welcome to hell. That's my favorite gif on Twitter, by the way. Uh, Jasper jumps in real quick. He wants to know Phil Goyan, who's joining us live, Rotoballer, rotofanatic.com. Get there. There any chance to see Torque before 2022? Torkelson, first round pick, first overall pick of the Detroit Tigers this last year. I don't think so. Do they need to? He, he's, he's starting at high That's A, the is other that correct? Thing. That's the other thing. They don't need to. He's starting at high A, I think. I have that right. So they're not. They are cheap West as fuck. Michigan. So they're, they're not going to do. There's no way in hell. You're right. He's yeah. at high A, and there's no way in hell they're going to rush him either. Because why would that would be disadvantageous to their financial bottom line? And these yeah. people, that's all they care about. Four level jump. I don't see it happening this year not that he couldn't do it i think he could definitely he could they could probably drop him in the lineup and have him he could hit passably right now i would think he was that good of a hitter in college he was good every year in college too like andrew vaughn he was probably a better hitter than vaughn the year they were both in the pac-12 together wow i don't have the exact numbers from me if not it was at least close sure so i would not be surprised if torkison could drop into the lineup and hit today but like you said chris illich has got no interest in doing that right now i don't think yeah Mm-mm-mm. every prospect person i talked to head on in the preseason on the palazzo podcast two l two z's they said Utah, he was give me two the best hitter they'd seen in recent years in terms of a hitting prospect so he's got the talent but it doesn't mean that uh they're gonna rush his ass up there here's an interesting tigers one to think about who gets to uh, Detroit first, Torkelson or Riley Green? It might be uh, I Riley think that's, Green. Yeah, I think that's. I think Green deserves a chance to come up later this year, but he's not going to get it. I know. I would. I mean, he's been. He's been. Sh- he's shown a lot of great outcomes. Whether it was last year when the season was in the reformation in the in like the preseason in July before the short season started. He made that amazing catch against C.J. Crone. That was awesome. And he hit some home runs. He's done well in spring training. He's played well in the minors. But he's 20? 19? He's 20, I think. I uh, think just 20. Yeah. Correct. So, so may, I mean, I think he would deserve a cup of coffee at September when rosters expand. But I'd be surprised if they did it. I would. I think he would be a better outfielder for the team right now than Akil Badu would be. <laughs> oh wow okay now we're talking uh yeah he'll be 21 in september so he could uh, still be called up before the end of that month and be 20 years old on the major league roster but i don't think i no, i say no just because i'm premise. negative about this team so yeah uh so yeah a couple other pitchers how about the pitchers we got uh so all right what i did for pitchers was i took the strikeouts walks and ground ball percentage of of each um and i made a era estimator just using those three inputs because those are the three best forward looking inputs for pitchers right um okay. so that's what something i looked at i looked at swinging strike rate um and then i looked at the actual strike rate so of how many pitches the pitcher throws how many are thrown for strikes um and then i looked at the percentage of games that they appeared in that they started in so game start percentage um, and I created a list. I've got, uh, you know, 
I have this number for every prospect, but I created a list of 10 to start with for the outsiders. So number one on the list was Joe Ryan of the guess who Tampa Bay Rays. That's right. um, Who had a great debut this past week. Uh, I think he hit pitching Ninja with a gif um, on the pitching Ninja feed. The only real question with Ryan, I think is what kind of role is he going to be used in with Tampa? You know, is, is he going to, Pitch enough for fantasy value wise to get you wins or quality starts. That's what you're looking for from him. But he's a guy that could be up this year, and by the end of the year, depending on what they're. I don't know. They've they've got so many pitchers on the injured list. It's just like a revolving door for Tampa. I think I did draft him in one draft and hold, which is you know you get what you draft and you're stuck with it all year. So, I it was enough for me to take one shot at least. It's possible. It's legit. possible. Yeah, yeah, I think he's legit. McClanahan uh, came up. So, Joey Cantillo was the next guy on uh, my list. He's with the Cleveland organization now. I yeah. believe he got traded. He was part of the uh, Clevenger deal, right? Or one of those exactly, deals. Yeah. Yep. Left hander. I remember his name. Yep. Left hander. Um, very good strikeout rate. Good walk rate. Uh, is about average at generating ground balls. Um, solid string swinging strike rate. Above average strike percentage. So pretty much. Uh, above average at every aspect that you want a starting pitching prospect to be at. So Cantillo's a guy to watch. He's a little bit younger than Ryan, I believe. Um, so it might be, you know, another year off. Uh, Cleveland seems to be relying on their farm for their pitching, though. So, Oh, yeah. And they know what they're doing, generally. Yeah. So and getting I good think people thought there'd be a – yeah, they thought there'd be a quick return on the Cal Quantrill deal, but so far that hasn't actually been achieved. But – I remember Cantillo's name and looking deep into that deal last year. Thanks for reminding me of his name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep an eye on him even further because I actually liked what I read about him. Uh, he was he had a good resolve. He had good stuff. Uh, I think that's a great call. Yeah, he's stats wise, he's he's ticking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. So he's one to watch. Anybody else? We got. Uh, I don't need any more Cleveland guys. Oh, this guy, Nivaldo Rodriguez, oh. uh, Houston Astros. He has made his MLB debut. They've only used him in a relief role uh, at the major league level, so um might take him some time to hit the rotation. But I think he's back to AAA to start the year. Um, they've deployed him as a starter in the past, so I've, I'm anticipating they do that again. He's great at uh, control, limiting walks. So uh, in 2019, his walk percentage plus – where 100 is average was 274. So he was 174 percentage points above average at limiting walks. Whoa. That's incredible. Which is what you love to see from your pitchers. Uh, he's pitched uh, 11 and two-thirds innings in the majors. So yeah. he's, had a, he's had a cup of coffee here. He was at the alternate site last, so yeah, he's probably in AAA, I assume, right now. Yeah. Or the, the alternate site does exist, or like the taxi squad. I don't know. He could be stuck in limbo there. It's very weird. Yeah, that's where they bring in like the CIA operatives to the alternate site to <laughs> clean them before they move back to the country. Black ops site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> Gitmo. Wow. Baseball Gitmo. Welcome to hell. Uh, well, you know this is this is all great stuff. Uh, thank you, Phil. I think I think we've covered. I think we've given the people what they want. Was there anybody we didn't mention that you really wanted to get out there before we go? No, I think I think we covered everybody, man. 
I certainly believe that to be true. We gave you what you wanted. You asked for it, and we gave it to you. Phil Goyette on a silver platter, readily available at your services. In fact, you know, we could have Phil on the show anytime we want. As long as we work out the details, maybe do it a little bit earlier on a, you know, maybe uh, before midnight his time. But either way, I'm, I'm really here. glad. Yeah, you're still alive, man. You're still here. You're always going to be here. And I'm really glad we got to do this. You're a cool dude. I've only known you by the screen name and your work. So now we've put a face and a voice to everything. A lot of fun. And I think that's cool. I think it's really cool. A former Mr. Gander, hey, too. Yeah, we didn't talk about uh, better made potato chips. <laughs> Fago or Fago Pop, Fago Pop, not, not soda. soda. That's right. Yes. Fago Pop. Although some people say soda pop, which is even crazier. So yeah, I don't like, know if that... uh, my great grandfather. Soda pop. So all right, Michael. Favorite Better Lay's potato chip flavor. Pick one. Well, I gotta tell you, uh, Better Made. Actually, just came out recently with something called uh, Southern Barbecue Sweet Heat. You're about to blow my mind. I've been gone too long. It's a, I know. It's like a whole new thing. It's amazing. It's delicious. It's barbecue, but it's not like the super fiery burn red, you know, the red hot ones. It's in between. It's got a little bit of kick to it, but it's called like Southern Heat. It's They're fantastic. I was, And they're also ridged. So if you like ridged chips over the non-ridged. Ridged for your for your pleasure. That's right. They definitely, they are absolutely ridged for your pleasure. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'd actually, that's it. Otherwise, I, I actually was disappointed with Better Made a lot in my life. Um, really? But I was. Oh, I I always thought big, their big chips looked gross. Man. Yeah, I know. I I had them. I, I was there. I did it. I've eaten plenty of their product, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess that kind of fell out of favor, but oddly enough, I just got back into them this year, so I'm back. So I'm back. And your favorite Fago pop flavor? Oh, it's got to be one. Uh, well, there's three that come to mind instantly, and between the three, had, I'll go. You had to think like a juggalo to answer this one. Think like a juggalo. Yeah, I'm a, I could run and do my makeup real quick, really get into character here. But uh, I'm gonna say rock and rye. It's just too yes. good. It's a unique flavor. Yes. I was thinking red pop, but I'm gonna go rock and rye. So rock and rye. That's the one. I don't know what Mine it too. is. It's such a it's weird unique. name. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's not a. Know. It's a cola. It looks dark like a cola, but it's like flavorful kind of. It's like maybe some fruit in there. I'm not sure. Like they're trying to make it cherryish, but it's not. It's interesting. It's an interesting flavor. It's probably they just take like all the leftover other Fago flavors and mix them together. <laughs> you think it's good, but it's just like the everything that seeps onto the floor. It's like just the kinda... detritus of the other Fagos. <laughs> oh man! If you ever never had Fago out there, make sure you try Fago. They got a lot of flavors. Uh, my top three, by the way, were you know Red Pop, Rock and Ryan, Cream Soda. I always like those. Those are my three go tos. So. Yeah, solid Moon Mist. Um, a good moon mist yeah. is not bad. No, doesn't really, do for you. No, it wasn't my thing. I like the name. That's a cool name. But nice part about Fago is you get twenty four ounces too instead of the twenty. You do. Yes, it's true. If you wanted to be even fatter, it's a great way to get there. Trust me, guys. It's I know all about being chubby and not being healthy. So if you want to take a fast route, pound those twenty four ounces of Fago, you'll have a good time. Trust me. I would say 
a good combo when I was a kid. When I was in my prime of being a youth, it was probably sour cream and onion better maids. Yeah. And and uh, rock and rye. That was the go-to move there. You can taste it right now. Just close your eyes. Just talking about it. I can smell it for sure. Yeah, I can smell it. I can taste it. It definitely has that. When you open a bag, whew, it hits you hard. But yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Detroit does good stuff. And of course, I love all that stuff. But my all-time favorite is Verner's. I'm always gonna Verner's was always my favorite thing ever. So Flint, Flint, Michigan. There you go. Right there, over a hundred yeah. years, hundred thirty years. They've been around forever. The only issue with Verner is when you grow up in Michigan, is you do equate it with being sick. Because you're just fed that as in lieu of medicine. Uh, here's a flat Verner as I warm it up a little bit for you, son. You don't need Tylenol or a doctor. <laughs> it's so true. If any, if you guys, this is exactly the same way I was raised. Yes. Oh, you're sick. Here, have some Verners. What? Yeah. You're giving me sugar? You're giving me a sugar drink to make me feel better? I don't know. If, I mean, that fizz, it'll get you. That effervescence will make your eyes water for sure when you crack it the first time. But once it's flat, it's like nothing. So yeah, Verner's is a so good true. shit. I, I think in Flint there was a big Verner's mural. I don't know if you ever saw it. I don't think it's there anymore because I think some crackhead burnt the building down. Oh, <laughs> they had the Verner's mural, if I remember correctly. I don't believe that. <laughs> That's impossible. I always thought I didn't know that. That's interesting. Uh, I never saw. Yeah, there was like it, a big do- painting of the little Verner's gnomes. Like bottling the Verners. Oh, it was yeah, like a source yeah, yeah. of civic pride. I feel like I've up. seen uh, pictures of that, but I've never actually saw it in person. And if it's gone, that's a damn shame. But you know what's a damn shame, too, is poisoning your resident's water supply. That's also a damn shame and much more of a serious offense, if you ask me. But we're not here to end it on a downer. We want to go out on a positive note. So, Phil, say farewell to everybody. Let them know where you're at, what you're doing, so they can keep in touch with you and, you know, Take advantage of your wealth of knowledge of prospects in baseball overall. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Roto Fanatic. Every week we've got great fantasy baseball resources coming out on the weekends. Uh, every Wednesday you'll see my rookie ladder updated on Roto Fanatic. Um, you can also read me on Roto Baller. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, maybe on the Palazzo cast again. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You're. We're making part of the regular rotation anyways. I mean, you're with us at Rogo Fanatic, and we are a Rogo Fanatic podcast, sort of. Uh, that's weird. Everything's weird sometimes. What is, you know, we, don't, we are, we are, I don't know. We are. I am. I mean, I have been a Rogo Fanatic for almost a year now, so let's do this more often. Had a good time here with Phil Goyette. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Phil of Sports, not on. And I'm at MJGovia, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R. Don't you forget that we'll be back on Sunday night with the Sunday Night Fab Show, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live and uncensored. We're going to give you fab bids, world talk schedules, streamers, everything you need to know for the coming week at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, I'm going to go chill out, live my life. Phil's going to go to bed. Take Everybody easy. thank Phil for staying up. Way past his bedtime in Ireland. It's almost 1 o'clock in the morning there, so thank Phil for taking the time out. Until then, keep your head up. Cheers. These once promising names litter my mind With the Tigers selected this year Their logic suddenly became crystal clear A key 
Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, Surprise is on our side. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.